ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office, whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, confusion in the church hall over a haircut, a top tip on dealing with period stains, and Kate's menopause watch continues. Hello and welcome back to Dear Hormones. Hi, Kate. Hello, Jenny. I think, Kate, this week our voices are both probably about two two octaves lower than normal. (laughs) Mine was self-inflicted because I went to a party on Saturday night. But you've been struck down with this awful cold, not COVID, but this awful cold that seems to be going around the whole country. Are you okay? I have had a cold and it hasn't been good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. But apologies if my voice is not quite what it usually is. But Jenny, you're saying you went out on Saturday night and still now. So today we're on Wednesday and your voice is yes. this must have been quite a party on Saturday night. It it was quite a party. Guess what? It was another 50th. Um, one of the best ones ever. I mean, obviously, the one we went to was amazing. This one was a really good friends of ours that we've known for years and years and years. And we turned up at their house, immediately got excited when we saw they'd actually set up what looked like a restaurant in their drive. So it was like a full-blown catered service in the, in the, in the driveway. Walked through their house and filling their entire garden was the biggest poshest marquee ever you know fully insulated heated tables chairs dance floor disco dj booth and a bar it was it was amazing the whole thing was sort of themed along the lines of friends because they're big fans of friends so they had a little photo um, opportunity area with the sofa just like in friends with their umbrellas that you could all sit and pose at they had a guy from the beano that was coming around doing sketches of, of everybody that is going to put into a comic and then just the best music ever it was it was it was brilliant but i definitely feel that my husband and i outstayed our welcome because we were we were the last well there were six people left at the end two of which were the hosts and it was three o'clock in the morning kate that is amazing <laughs> i want to know these friends of yours <laughs> oh it was it was such a good night but I am seriously still this is it this is the menopause or being near near your 50s this is what you have to put up with it's like you were saying last week about you now suffer from hangovers I think my hangovers are kind of lasting a week now <laughs> just like not so much a hangover as in I didn't have a headache it's just the tiredness it's like I need to get a full eight hours minimum to be able to operate and you know because I only had a few hours that night I just haven't really caught up even though it's now Wednesday anyway thank you to those friends thank you Chris and Karen best party ever wow right so Kate I just think before we start our letters I just want to revisit our um our little chat last week where we were just going through a few of the symptoms of the perimenopause and menopause I wonder whether you'd like to do five more let's see whether you can tick okay, we'll any do off. five more I've, I actually there, there is actually one that I think I could tick off this oh. week scarily so I wonder whether you're going to name whether you're going to say it. oh go, go okay on, oh exciting right okay so I think we got up to the aching joints last time didn't we so I'm just having a quick look here um have you been uh, electric shocks no. Does this, no. Right. Okay. So, 
Can you tell me more about that? I can. I can tell you a little bit. Electric shocks in menopausal women occur suddenly and are due to, to the inappropriate firing of neurons. Apparently, you're more likely to get them after hot flushes. So a feeling like you're getting elect- little electric shocks in your body. I've read this quite a lot, but I don't think I've ever had that. So that's a no from you. Oh, hang on. Where's my piece of paper? I'm, I'm keeping a tally. Let's have a little look. Burning tongue. This is another one that I haven't had. Have you had? A, have you ever felt like your tongue is burning? No. No? Okay. Again, it says this is due to a dry mouth that may be due to reduced levels of estrogen. Mm. So gum problems or a metallic taste? Well, I... I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but um, when I was pregnant, I my gums used to bleed. And actually, last week, I had slightly bleeding gums when I was in oh. the So, I don't know, oh, but that's just one, so... just one time recently. So, I don't know whether we can, that could have been a total hmm. one-off. Shall I, I question mark it? Question mark, we'll, we'll, I think. What we'll do is, in a few weeks' time, we'll revisit the bleeding gums and see if it's still happening. Okay, Jenny. Yeah. Okay. Is that all right? All, all the best and kind regards. Uh, the next one, it just says digestive issues. So I said digestive issues may be excessive flatulence, <laughs> bloating, nausea and abdominal cramps. Anything of those? No, I'd say not. I'm very lucky, I think, with my digestive system. Okay. I tell you what, let's just do one more because I did suffer from this. Um, dry and itchy skin. Ooh, um, I don't know I don't think so. You see now, these are these things that when you start to question it, you think, "Do I or don't I?" Every now, no, I don't. I don't think that I would particularly relate to this time in my life. Dry skin, I didn't particularly notice, but the itchy skin—it's like it was like a crawling sensation underneath my skin. I think I've talked about it before, and I felt like I was constantly scratching my arms and my legs and my back, you know, at night. And that's all stopped since I've started taking the HRT. So that was definitely one of the ones that I suffered from. Okay, Kate. Well, okay, we only ticked one there. So, well, shall I tell you my my story that I had? This I, yes. I do have a bit of a story that I do think possibly could be a men- perimenopausal thing. Now, this is something that has never happened to me before, and it really did happen this week, is the the rush of anger, the wave of anger coming <gasps> over me, like, with it's a kind of a heat, like a hot anger. <laughs> welcome, Kate, welcome. <laughs> and it really was like a hot rush of anger. I was so oh my goodness. angry. <laughs> can, you t- can you tell us why, or would you rather not? <laughs> so, the reason why... <laughs> was and this is totally ridiculous it was <laughs> it, I was trying to locate a file on a computer and couldn't basically couldn't find the lead for the computer so I couldn't get into the computer and yeah. I was searching for a lead and then I was like I couldn't find it anywhere and then thought, right I have another computer maybe the file's on that other computer so then looked for the lead for that computer and couldn't find the lead for either computer and I was just searching all around the house and I just got kind of fixated a bit in the same way. We've talked about being fixated on things before. So similar thing, I got a bit fixated, got to find these, got to find these leads, got to find these leads. But I just got crosser and crosser. And <laughs> and there are so many leads in our house. I don't know if you have this, but we <laughs> must have, and I'm not I'm not joking, we must have a hundred leads, possibly more. And I've got no idea what any of these leads are for <laughs> at all. None. I don't know what any of these leads are for. And I, oh, I, I wasn't even quite world. sure about what, what the computer leads were that I was looking for. And I just suddenly, you know, my husband came in <laughs> and, I just, and he just said, well, you know, but where would you have put it? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> where would I have put it? Where would I have put it? Okay, this is great. Like, oh. What do you mean, where would I have put it? Where would you have put it? Like, I have a 
haven't put it anywhere. You know, I, I've just felt so, so angry. And then anyway, he like very sensibly took himself back off to his office, <laughs> with the garden, <laughs> yeah. removed himself from the situation. And it was kind of then when I carried on searching that the, the, the heat, the wave of anger actually really hit me. Um, yeah. And I felt so cross that I picked up my phone and I was there like, and I'd started typing him a furious text message. <laughs> <laughs> And the only reason I didn't send it is because of this podcast. Because I just thought, like, just stop for a moment. <laughs> oh, my God, Kate. This is, like, what a wonderful story. Completely <laughs> ridiculous. And I, stop. Stop yourself. And I stopped myself. But it was like, I, it, it just suddenly made sense. Everything that you've said in all those stories that we've read. I've never had that before. The hot surge of anger. I haven't had that. I felt angry before. But not in that kind yes. of like, whoa, I'm so angry. And I kind of knew a bit what I was, I, I kind of, even as I typed the message, I knew what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm just, I'm going to absolutely do this. I'm going to send this. I'm going to send it because I'm so angry and I've had enough. But I didn't send it. <laughs> and all because he said, where did you put it? And then Jenny, <laughs> and then... I was so convinced it was like it was him because I was like you know what all of the leads are and why don't you need to label the leads yes and then like finally after searching for about two hours found one of the leads and it was where I had put it <laughs> after podcasting it was in my daughter's bedroom where we do oh. the podcast it was under her bed and it was because I had been podcasting in here so in some ways this this podcast has kind of been the hero and the villain in this story hasn't it so the hero because it stopped you sending the message the villain because if it wasn't for this podcast that lead would have been where you thought it was going to be all along the irony <laughs> oh the irony <laughs> Kate what a story. Oh, my goodness. And do you know what I love about it the most, selfishly, really, is the fact that our podcast stopped that escalating for you. You recognised it. So we've helped other women, but now we're helping ourselves. <laughs> that is so good, isn't it? It also created the problem in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. It did help me. It stopped me sending the message. So thank you, dear hormones. Yeah. Do you, by any chance, remember what you were typing so you can share with us? <laughs> I've <d> <laughs> deleted it I'm sorry <laughs> I'm not going to go into too many details I think you know we'll save some yeah I'm not proud yeah okay so <laughs> I'm not proud okay so that's really interesting then and plus we have ticked off a few of the symptoms already with you haven't we we picked ticked off a few so I'm all I say is Kate is just keep your eye on it just keep your assess the situation but that's good it sounds like you are keeping your eye on it because <laughs> <laughs> that came to you in that moment. You're like, hang on. <laughs> but can I just say about that? Um, it is scary, isn't it? That that feeling, that that feeling of anger. Now imagine if that actually one of your children had been with you and they had wound you up feeling that anger. That's what I felt that day with over the chicken wings. It was like a total physical assault. It was a physical thing. That was the, the yeah. The, but I mean, it, I I think it could probably reach even greater heights than it did. <laughs> Yeah. This, this is probably the beginning. Let's see where we go from here. But when we start reading lots of letters coming up, there'll be lots of letters from anonymous, and it'll be like, <laughs> or you, it'll be you writing in. Okay, that. Well, thanks for sharing that because that's you know it's not easy to share those things sometimes, is it? Just to admit when we've been irrational. Right, Jenny. I have seen the title of this episode, <laughs> and I've also just seen the title of letter one, which you've told me I'm not allowed to look at until. 
Yeah, I don't want you to read it yet. Yeah, I, I just because we send each other. Well, I send Kate a script so he, she knows what the letters are, and I, um, I didn't want her to read this first one so she's she hears it fresh. We usually hear them fresh, don't we, from each other, um, when we when we, we record. But tell us what you called the first the first letter, the name of the first letter. Letter one. Letter one is called blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who it is from, Kate? You. It is from, no, <laughs> it's from my Auntie Joy. Oh, She's back. Oh, Auntie Joy. <laughs> she is back, Kate. So this is from Auntie Joy. And I think I've told you before that um, many, many things have happened to Auntie Joy, all completely true over the years. And um, since I spoke to her about this podcast, she's sort of piecing a lot of it together. And a lot of these things have actually occurred during her menopausal years. Um, and this is one of my favourite stories. I've obviously heard it before. And I said, oh, Joy, <laughs> please, can we have that one? She said, yes, because it totally was happening during the time of the menopause. I remember being really hot and sweaty during the whole, you know, this whole episode. So I'm going to read it out. So, OK, so it's called Blowjob from lovely Auntie Joy, who, by the way, has just started a creative writing course oh, in her 70s. Auntie Joy, how brilliant. Are we going to get to hear some of her creative writing? I hope so. And guess what What inspired her to do it? Um, this podcast. No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she'd been writing these letters for us and enjoyed it so much. She um, She's now signed herself up to a creative writing course. Anyway, blowjob, let's go. <laughs> um, dear Jenny and Kate, here is a true menopause story that left me feeling embarrassed, foolish and altogether useless. Although it is funny when you read it out. So you may want to use it in your podcast. Yes, we do. Here we go. In my late 40s and with boys of my own, I volunteered to run Adventurers, a children's club at my church for 7 to 11 year olds. After one hectic session, I wound up with a prayer and went to clean the blackboard with a damp sponge. I remember desperately wanting to mop my face and neck at the same time as a hot flush began to spread all over me. The children would often grab a stick of chalk and play at teachers while they waited for their mums or dads to collect them. But that evening, I was feeling tired and flustered. As I finished wiping the board clean, I shouted out, No writing on the board this week, please, children! I turned to help a few of the smaller children with their coats as parents lined up along the back wall, looking for coats and bags and waiting for their children to collect paintings, etc. It was then I heard the scratch and squeak of chalk writing on the damp board. I spun around and in my sternest voice shouted, Who's writing on the blackboard? Oh, it's you two, I might have known. A couple of the older boys had written up two words in large capital letters. Blowjob. <laughs> at the church club. <laughs> now, I think at this point I ought to explain that that afternoon I'd had my hair cut and blow dried at the hairdresser's. And so, having never heard the words before, I assumed the boys were commenting on my hairdo. <laughs> She's quite naive, by the way. <laughs> she was. <laughs> I, I continued in a loud, comedic voice. Oh! And I patted my hair. So you like my blowjob, do you, boys? How, <laughs> how kind of you to notice? Go home, tell your mums that if she wants a blowjob just like mine, go to Strands and ask for Jack. He'll give your mums a lovely blowjob for just £15. Or whatever the <laughs> price was in the 90s. <laughs> 
this is absolutely true. She told me this shortly after it happened. I've been dining off this story for years. <laughs> the parents froze and gaped with horrified looks. One of them, Richard, was a deacon at the church and hurried over to me. He looked cross. Joy, stop! Leave it, for goodness sake! Say no more, please! He took me behind the blackboard and whispered to me, Don't you know what a blowjob is? Yes, it's what I've had this afternoon at the hairdressers. I replied in amazement. No joy. And he bent closer to my ear and whispered, I don't quite know how to tell you, but if I said it's a requisite in a prostitute's order book, would you understand then? No, Richard, I would not, I replied, <laughs> furious with his covert approach to the matter. He replied abruptly, then go home and ask your husband before sloping off. Oh, joy. <laughs> Auntie Joy. On my way home, I felt hot, bothered and confused. I wanted to jump in the shower to cool off. I was not only having mind-draining hot flushes at the most awkward times, but getting into more embarrassing scrapes than ever and beginning to feel useless. Was I as naive and unsophisticated as I looked? And how come a church official knew so much more than me about life? It crossed my mind as to why a church deacon knew what a prostitute had in her order book anyway. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I burst in the back door and called out my husband's name. Steve, tell me, what is a blowjob? He looked astonished as I related my story. His look changed to one of understanding. It's just you haven't heard it called that before, he said kindly. <laughs> <laughs> I was none the wiser, but with a little smile he went on, I'll explain more fully later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joy. Joy. Oh, utterly excellent as ever. I know. I mean, seriously, can you even put yourself in that position? <laughs> I sort of can because I I always felt like when I was younger that I was the one who never knew what things meant, what rude words meant. I never knew. And I was always on the back foot. So I can I can relate to Auntie Joy. I mean, I know what you're saying about you were naive when you were, you know, when you were um, sort of younger. I mean, Auntie Joy's talking about, she's in her 40s, I reckon, here. <laughs> and she still hadn't heard the word blowjob, so... <laughs> or had not heard that phrase, anyway. I love Auntie Joy. I know. Thanks so much, Joy. It wouldn't be a Dear Hormones podcast without a letter from Joy, would it? Feeling hotter than the surface of the sun? Raging at the kids for eating too loudly? Walking into rooms and forgetting what you're doing there? Could your hormones be mugging you off? Tell us all about it at dearhormones at yahoo.com or at dearhormones on Instagram. Um, right, so I'm going to use your phrase, Jenny, and I'm going to say let's crack on with letter number two. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a Jenny. Oh, you've, you've nixed my catchphrase. Nixed your catchphrase. <laughs> um, letter number two is entitled Menopause, My Story. This letter comes to us from Nikki. She's in North London. Dear Jenny and Kate, I guess going through the foothills of the perimenopause and into menopause proper, I treated the changes in typical stoical fashion. Broad back, sturdy shoes, and keep plodding along the uneven path with the view up ahead obscured. I was also alone. For me, some weird physical and emotional stuff happened, but there was no joining of the dots. 
Underlying it all were feelings of being reduced, made grey, becoming sent to the back or whatever that PowerPoint function is, and being just plain bewildered at how my sense of myself was being altered. I was also very, very pissed off about it. Doesn't she write that brilliantly, Kate? She's described that that is exactly what, um, when you start going through your perimenopause symptoms, that, that is exactly what it feels like. I love that when she says the feelings are being reduced, made grey, you know. Being sent to the back or the PowerPoint function. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and also sort of saying about the weird physical and emotional stuff, but no joining of the dots. That's exactly what it was like. All these random things happening, but you just can't make sense of it. Yeah. My husband, rather unkindly, has referred to me as a workhorse. I get stuff done. I steadily smash through the obstacles. I consider my body as a solid, reliable, steady ticking clock. I was born and brought up on a remote organic farm where injury and illness weren't an option. It was 20 miles to the nearest hospital and a visit to the GP meant you were ill, properly and completely. Not like us. No. <laughs> yeah. Not like us Londoners. <laughs> Not like us. Usually he would come to you as it had to be that bad. I spent my childhood drinking unpasteurised milk, galloping around the fields and disappearing to build hay houses for hours on end. I've always been annoyingly and consistently well. I cannot remember the last decade I had a day off work. So the body glitching which started to happen in my late 40s, I just considered as just that, a series of glitches. I had lumps in my breast, which, on referral to the Whittington Hospital, had nothing to do with the stage 4 breast cancer that I had imagined, and were just cysts. A quick puncture and drain with the scariest needle I'd ever seen, and I was scampering off home to cook the kids' tea. Then, there were the heart palpitations. Out of nowhere, I could feel my heart jumping and shivering, almost constantly. Uh, and that's something that I I had before, but I also noticed had come back uh, with me recently, you know, when I said I've just upped the, my HRT dose, because that was one of the things that came back, this constant fluttering and pounding in, in palpitations. It's horrible. Mm. Another referral from the GP and back to the Whittington for a heart trace. Can I, sorry, I just, sorry, I'm going to just stop here. Again, this woman is in her late 40s mm. and she's just presenting with some very classic perimenopausal symptoms. And I'm guessing that there was no, oh, this could be the start of the menopause for you. It's like, let's go and give you a heart trace, yeah. which I'm sure is very thorough. And that is great that we can we have that, of course. I, I'm getting the sense that menopause hasn't even been mentioned no, here. No, I think not. Again, apparently my heart was pretty strong and no issues, really. I was furious they suggested stopping coffee. I loved a coffee in the morning, looking at my garden before the hecticness of the day started. Yet... The palpitations continued. Why were they there? Was this okay? And why couldn't it be explained? Could I be bothered to go back to the GP again? But the attempts on my bike to get to the top of Ridge Road, the Everest of North London cycling, suggested I wasn't at risk of imminent death. So I chose to keep on keeping on. And that's it as well. You know, it's sort of like, I've, well, I've been to the GP. They've, they've said, they've, they've, they've referred me for the heart trace thing and nothing... Do I, do I go back again? You know, they're just going to say again, they, they can't really help me. So, and it's not that bad. I can't, so you just yeah. carry on. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about last week. You know, there, there should be a checklist in every GP's office of menopausal symptoms and perimenopausal symptoms so that when a woman in her 40s presents with 
things like this, they can have that on the back burner as well. They can send her off for the heart trace, but they can also say, but look, you also are ticking this box. Have you had any more of these symptoms? And start narrowing it down. Ugh. The one that then started to be problematic was the waking in the middle of the night. You know this one. Mm-hmm. Usually around 3.30am and being ready, completely ready for the day to start. Yes, of course, I read about people in the Middle Ages going out to feed their horses or seeing neighbours, but I found the only solution was getting out of bed to watch Newsnight or a good session of Today in Parliament. That's where she and I would differ because I I probably would have put an episode of Friends on or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It always took up to two hours to get back to sleep. It was draining and my work was suffering. I then, around the age of 50, got the debilitating brain fog and memory issues. I was so furious about it. My brain had been a gorgeous thing. It had been articulate, well-oiled and authoritative. It had carried me through several degrees and a challenging MBA course, but now it could not always be relied upon. It was turning into that bovine mess accompanying month eight in pregnancy. It was completely by chance that I saw the Davina McCall programme in May 2021. Sex, myths... And the menopause. Now, we've spoken about that programme before, haven't we, Jenny? Yes, yes, I know. Thank God for it. And she says, it was revelatory. Thank God for that programme, because it took a documentary, by the looks of it, to work out that she was menopausal. A documentary and not a doctor. Mm. She says, particularly the bit about HRT not causing cancer and reducing osteoporosis and heart disease. I decided to do the research and decided to seek the help of a dedicated menopause specialist in the name of Dr. Stephanie Goodwin. Dr. Goodwin asked that I complete the green climateric scale. I don't know if I said that Yes, now that is basically the symptoms that I've been running through with you. So there's 34 symptoms, but I think on this scale, I think there are on this one, I think it's 21 that they go through, but it's all the things that we've been going through with you, Kate. And I was surprised by how many of the dimensions applied to me, including the anxiety, hot flushes and the rest. But oh, the relief of seeing symptoms described, which combined both the physical and emotional. Yeah, and that relief is how I felt the day that I listened to that podcast and heard somebody talk about all these symptoms and suddenly like, ding, that's what it is. You know, you sort of feel this massive sense of relief. I'm not going mad. It's this. The consultation was a chance for me to discuss concerns over risk and ask odd things like how HRT patches remain stuck on. She also discussed in the consultation the best place for them to be. Lower belly, in the doctor's view. How long it might be to feel change and the understanding that a daily progesterone tablet was also needed. I know that there is now a patch that combines the progesterone as well. So if you don't want to take tablets or don't like taking tablets, um, you can now get a patch that combines the two. I was greatly relieved by Dr Goodwin's assessment that you really are quite symptomatic. Suddenly, the seemingly random collection of issues I had experienced were being collected under the one bucket of the bloody menopause. And it was a real and challenging time in a woman's life. And vitally, it could be addressed. I loved the recognition that what I was putting up with was hard. It was impacting everything and there could be other ways of ageing and being. What a lovely moment for her to have suffered from all of that and then finally have this amazing doctor who's a specialist to be seen like that must have been quite emotional, I imagine. 
Finally came the prescription and waved towards the pharmacy on the other side of the road. I finally had a collection of stuff that might make a difference. It was a weird feeling, just being on the bridge of change and thinking, well, actually, maybe what I'm living with is okay. Maybe I'm overreacting, and with these chemicals, my poor organically-minded family will be turning in their graves. Maybe I could just carry on? But then, as I placed my first estradot patch and took my first eutogestin tablet, I thought, well, I'll give it three months and then see. I would say that taking HRT is like seeing a wave gradually move up a beach. Oh, that is so perfect. That makes me feel slightly teary. <laughs> oh, okay, well, Kate, oh. I'm putting that down as another <laughs> symptom, emotional. <laughs> um, but what a wonderful way of writing it. That is exactly what it's like. Jenny can see the tears in my eyes, look. <laughs> oh, I know Kate has actually welled up, guys. She's actually welled up. Maybe, I mean, just a little trip to the GP, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I immediately felt the change in my sleep pattern. I continued to wake, but it was later, and I was awake for a shorter period. I now feel completely out of the loop with world events, as my daily news night catch-up no longer happens. Other things also altered. The heart flutter disappeared, the hot flushes lessened and then stopped, and the edgy, spiky anxiety also softened. My brain, while still not 100%, can more increasingly be relied on. But other things have also changed, and continue to change. I had no idea they were connected to the menopause. The itch in a very specific place on my right labia majora has gone. My contact lenses, which I couldn't wear because my eyeballs were too dry, are comfortable. And my eyelashes and eyebrows, whilst not quite Kim Kardashian levels, are making a welcome return. Taking HRT, for me, has been life-changing. Seeing Dr. Goodwin has been the very best £300 I have ever spent. Um, just going back to her um, right labia majora itch. It just, it's just actually something that's just come back to me. It's not about my labia, don't worry. Um, but when I was at school... This is a safe space, Jenny. It's a safe space. There, there were, yeah, safe space, safe space, ladies. Um, there was this lady who worked in our, our reception at our secondary school. And uh, her nickname was Scratcher Fanny. <laughs> because she used to come into the classrooms with like messages and she'd always be scratching down there but now I'm looking back she was in her 40s <laughs> maybe she needed to get herself some HRT <laughs> didn't occur to me at the time obviously oh <laughs> there poor Scratcher Fanny. Fanny yeah Scratcher Fanny I know bless her Nikki talks about some symptoms there which I'd never heard about I mean I, I didn't know about the itching the labial, the labial itching um also her eyeballs being very dry. Also, oh my goodness, I have just remembered something that I was actually referred to Moorfields Hospital and it was to do with my eyes being really dry and they told me that I would have to be putting eye drops in every single day for the rest of my life until I saw another specialist who said, no, you didn't. But that was when I was in my 40s and of course, that was a menopausal symptom that I haven't even recognised until just now. Thank you, Nikki. Goodness me. Well, I've actually, maybe I can take that one off as well, because I've also been told that my eyes are very dry. But I think that this was, this was earlier. I got my pen up ready to tick. No, do I not tick? I don't know. When, when, when you say early, how much earlier? Probably about five years ago. About five oh, years so ago. roughly 40s. Roughly 40s. <laughs> You're 44. Roughly ticking 39. It. Ticking it. Think? Oh, gosh. Eyes, I've written. Eyes. Okay. Um, in thinking of what the last six months has been and what it has taught me, 
It's just how angry I am that all women aren't, as a matter of course, offered an informed HRT assessment as they hit their mid-40s. Why are only 10% of women, and of course it's the most advantaged, using HRT, despite the majority having difficult symptoms? The risks really are minimal. Why, yet again, is the structural misogyny in our society impacting millions of women to their and all our detriment? Hear, hear. Gosh, she's, she's amazing. She's incredible. Why, given the horrors of having osteoporosis in your later years, or cutting the chances of a heart attack, a leading cause of death in older women, is HRT not being shouted to the rooftops? Why is this? Oh, why is this? Yes, Nikki. Is it because the value of women, and particularly older women, is lower than for men? I wonder. For me, the possibilities of a valuable and valued, energised and healthy generation of women who live at their full potential into their 80s and beyond is really exciting. I intend to be one of them and to help as many as I can to join me. That is why I am writing this letter. What an amazing woman and thank you for writing so well. I mean, she's expressed everything that I want to express, but really eloquently. That's just it. That is it. That last paragraph, that's that's everything, isn't it? Like in a nutshell. It's everything. It's like... Yeah, I feel like we can just stop the podcast right now because I think we've said everything we could possibly say. Well, Nikki has said it for us. Yeah. Um, everything she said at the end, you know, about the, um, you know, is it because the value of women and older women is lower than for men? Yes. I think it is. I love that sentence about that she feels excited at the thought of a generation of women who can live into their 80s and beyond. It's true, isn't it? I mean, that would be a whole new new prospect, a whole new thing that could happen. Women who who feel powerful and feel strong living into Mm. their 80s if if a lot more women were on HRT or alternative. Only 10% of women at the moment, as she says, are using HRT. Just imagine if 100% of women were on HRT or on something that, you know, of, of women who, who have the symptoms and who, and who go through this. But if everybody had access to the help that they need, just what a yeah. strong new generation of older women we could have. Yeah, what a threat to the men would be then. <laughs> Even more of a threat. Right, we are, we are rambling on this episode. Let's crack on, let's crack on. Okay, letter number three. We might only have time for three letters this week, Kate. This is a great letter as well. This is called Blotting (laughs) and it's from Neve in Belfast. Dear Jenny and Kate, a couple of years ago, I was having a severe spell of what they call in the medical world, flooding. I used to dread every month, always thinking, how the fuck am I going to stem the flow this time? Honest to God, every cycle I'd have a supersized Tampax firmly in place as well as two super plus pads wedged in my knickers and I still felt like it wasn't going to work. Oh, what a nightmare. I haven't experienced this, but lots of my friends are experiencing this at the moment. This story took place when I was working at a large corporate firm and our company meetings would often last for over two hours. These were the kind of meetings where you felt like you might get away with going to the toilet once, but going twice would be akin to grabbing a megaphone, holding a sanitary towel aloft and announcing to all and sundry that you had a really heavy period. Have I mentioned they were all men? Oh dear. So there I was, sitting at the boardroom table, panicking, wondering how the hell I was going to get through the next two hours with a potential flooding episode waiting in the wings. 
And to add insult to injury, I was also boiling hot and sweating like a bitch. <laughs> About an hour in, and I'd managed to pop to the loo once without incident. But as I was walking back in, my worst fears were realised. I had the sudden and dreaded feeling of a full-blown flood down below. Feeling as though all eyes were on me, I shuffled back to my seat, being careful not to dislodge the two pads in my pants, which I could feel were already working overtime, and settled back in my chair. An hour later, and the meeting was finally over, and so it seemed was the life <laughs> and so it seemed was the life cycle of my sanitary towels. <laughs> Things had definitely hit crisis point down there and the idea of getting up and walking out with all the men was completely off the cards. Oh, oh my God, my heart would be racing. What do you do? What do you do? Afraid to stand up, I started tapping away on my laptop, fobbing various male colleagues off as they asked me to join them for a coffee. You go ahead. Um, I just have a few things to catch up on here, I said, trying to act as casual as possible and ignoring the ever-increasing dampness in my knickers. Oh, Neve. Finally, I was left alone in the boardroom and I tentatively lifted my buttocks to inspect the damage. Oh, dear <gasps> God. <laughs> there it was. A big red stain on the navy blue seat. Yes, thankfully, it was navy blue. And I'm grateful for small mercies, but a definite stain all the same. <gasps> My heart was racing and I'd started hyperventilating over the prospect that the room had been booked out for another meeting due to start any time now. I'm thinking, wasn't there, didn't we have a letter before about somebody who had this sort of thing happen on a friend's sofa? And didn't she? Yes. She turned the sofa cushion upside down. I'm wondering whether Neve could do that. The office chairs aren't like that. They're just all padded and You're sewn right. into the main seat. You're right. So you can't lift it up and turn it over. I'm sure she would definitely have done that, surely. How in the name of God was I going to get out of this one? As I sat there thinking of my next move, I saw one of my female co-workers walk past the door. Psst, Monica, Monica, can you come and help me for a minute? I need to talk to you. Looking bemused, in walks Monica and closes the door. Monica is about five years younger than me, so I heard myself explaining my predicament. Look, there's this thing you get when you get a bit older. You probably don't know about it just yet, but it's called flooding and it's just happened to me on this seat. I need you to go out and get me some kitchen roll, toilet roll, anything you can find to clean it up. <laughs> oh yeah, she said. This used to happen to my mum. Oh no. <laughs> she goes, let's pause here for a second. As I said... Monica is only about five years younger than I am and she's just compared me to her mum. Thanks, Monica. Just what I wanted to hear in my hour of need. Tut, 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 Monica. <laughs> never do that. Mental note, never do that. Never, never. compare anyone to your mum if they're anywhere near your age. <laughs> One of my students the other day called me grandma. No! <laughs> <laughs> Not even mum. <laughs> How old is this person? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> oh, Kate. I know. What, what like, did you a say? Lot. <laughs> like, laugh. It's like, Grandma? Are you joking? <laughs> I can deal with Mum, but Grandma? <laughs> 
Not even mum. And the, the thing is, when I sort of pointed it out to her, she didn't even really see the funny side, you know. <laughs> she might have, she might at least have gone like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I called you grandma. But no, it was sort of like, oh yeah. Oh, that's so, <laughs> like, that At least she obviously saw there was a bit of a synergy between me and her grandma. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's friend has also done that in class. He called his teacher mum in class at secondary school. <laughs> that's embarrassing, isn't it? But his, I mean, his teacher would have been all right with that because she was mum, not grandma. I mean, heavens. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but he wouldn't have been all right with that, Kate. He was probably about 14, 15. <laughs> Imagine if our kids had called their teacher mum in front of all their friends. <laughs> oh, Anyway, so she said, thanks, Monica. Just what I wanted to hear in my hour of need. So off she goes and comes back with the goods. And as I start to clean the offending stain, my mother-in-law's wise words over how to clean up a red wine spill came rushing back to me. Never rub, always blot. Have you heard that, Kate? I haven't. I've heard salt is what I've heard. And I also heard that white wine, put chuck a load of white wine on red wine. It doesn't work, by the way, because I did it in my friend Martin's (laughs) house once. (laughs) And it just made the stain 10 times worse. So anyway, so the the, the mother-in-law has told her, never rub, always blot. (laughs) And she says, (laughs) so there I was in the boardroom. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So there I was in the boardroom. Blotting like a bitch (laughs) to get the offending stain out. Blotting like an absolute lunatic I was. (laughs) And now I've got a vision of that, that frantic blot, 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 soaking up. (laughs) For ages afterwards, whenever I went back into that room, I could still see the remnants of what had happened that day. As an aside, I regaled this story back to my mother-in-law recently and lo and behold, a few weeks later, she presented me with a couple of packs of what I can only describe as adult-sized swim nappies, but in an attempt to appeal to the female market, they'd adorned them with a pretty purple bow printed on the front. (laughs) Never has a 40-something-year-old woman been so grateful in all her life. She wants the pants. You can hold your Jo Malone gift set. Give me a pack of oversized pull up nappies any day of the week. As I sit here reflecting on this story, it strikes me that Monica is now five years older herself. And whilst I in no way hold a grudge about her comparing me to her mother, I am contemplating popping a couple of packs of adult sized nappies into the post for her, just in case. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> That'll serve Monica right. Oh, just in case you need them, Monica. Yeah, you might remember your your mum. Your mum had this, Monica. Remember, yeah, you might need these nappies. <laughs> That's just comedy um, gold. I can't believe that they really put a purple bow on the front of those. It is brilliant. And and best yet, this, this writer has sent us via Instagram a picture of the nappies <gasps> with the purple bow. So we will share that on the Instagram page as well. So everyone can see what this gift was all about. What a great letter. Blotting like a bitch. That's the one tip dear hormones can pass on to all of our lovely lovely listeners when you have a flooding what is it a flooding when you have a flooding episode blot like a bitch ladies (laughs) blot like a bitch (laughs) and with that Kate I think we'll with that little nugget of wisdom I think we should round off this podcast and say thank you for listening and we'll see you next week This has been great. I've been, I was feeling all coldy this morning and just that's all cheered me up. No end. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, I'm going to do, I'm doing a Jenny again. You, you always say crack on and you always say this bit as well. Um, can I say that please do keep your letters coming. Do email us at dearhormones at yahoo.com. 
or message us via Instagram at Dear Hormones. Thank you so much. And don't forget, if you're featured on the show, you will be getting a badge. In fact, the girl who whose party I was at at the weekend, she I won't say which one it was, but she has provided letters for us in the past. So I presented her with her badge at the party. I did it in a very over-the-top fashion, Kate. <laughs> I think I went down on one knee. <laughs> did you? Did you pick up, take that mic yeah. as well and do an announcement? Oh, I should have done, shouldn't I? But oh. she did put it on straight away. So that was uh, that was very kind of her. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Goodbye. That was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Baus. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time... <laughs>